Welcome back to the Blackout. It's time for a week four Pick'em Pod coming to you from BellyUpSports.com. He is Alan Denton and can be found on Twitter at AD on the Blackout. I'm Thomas Black and you can find me on Twitter at TB on the Blackout. Alan, we've had a lot go down in college football. We've got a couple of cool Pick'em contests going, one over on CBS Sports with the ATS Pick'em, one over on ESPN.com with the Confidence Pick'em, but there has been a lot going down in college football through three weeks. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great, man. It's been so cool to see everything shake out over the first three weeks of the year. It's been really enjoyable football, like especially first two weeks, a lot of crazy stuff happened. This week wasn't as crazy, but still just a lot of fun and some ways harder to pick. It was a challenging week, certainly, and uh, one that was difficult on the ATS side. Let's go ahead and dive into the against the spread pick them over on CBS Sports, where in week three, Alan, you went five and five in your picks. Your wins were Penn State minus three and a half, NC State minus ten and a half as an ATS lock, Washington minus two and a half as an ATS lock, Texas A&M minus five and a half, and Oklahoma minus 13 and a half. The losses were Colorado plus 27 and a half, BYU plus three and a half, Appalachian State minus 11 and a half, Mississippi State minus two and a half, and FAU plus nine and a half. Allen, five and five, we've talked about it. That's a perfectly fine week when you talk about an against the spread pick them. There's nothing wrong with it. And overall, with the two lock wins that put you two and zero on the ATS locks in the competition, you're now four and two, a winning percentage of sixty six percent. You can round up to sixty seven if you want, but you're performing well in the ATS locks. Your overall record against the spread is thirteen and seventeen. That's hitting at forty three and a third percent. But Alan, this is the thing that I would highlight for people that may look at that overall record and say, "Hey, these guys don't know what they're talking about." I think the importance is that we're looking at these ATS locks, where we're trying to give out our best plays as much as we can, and you're hitting at over sixty percent right now. A small sample size, but I think you've got to be feeling pretty good about where you're at heading into week four. Absolutely. Three weeks in, learning more about this and what to expect. You know, when you look at a game like Colorado at Minnesota, um, my goodness, I didn't expect him to be that inept. I mean, <laughs> horrendous, right? And you expect Appalachian State to, I did at least, to come out with a little bit more of an edge. They didn't. But just a fun week. But yeah, I'm happy. I'll allow the haters to give me only 66%. And uh, <laughs> I won't take the extra percent, so I won't round up. All right, fair enough. Alan, with the performance you've had so far, you're in a tie for 19th, four games back off the lead. But I think you have to be feeling at least decent for where you stand overall in the contest as we head into, uh, I don't know, we're getting about to the quarter pole mark with the college football season. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pleased with where I'm at. You know, it's 19th, but I'm very much a good week away from being right back in the thick of it. You know, I've had back-to-back five-and-five weeks. If I hit that five-and-five mark the rest of the way, I'm going to be in the top 10 moving forward. I agree, and you're just a hair away from that six-and-four mark, which has really been up at the top of the group, and we've seen a lot of people really profit from that in the first three weeks of the season. That's exactly right. 
All right, for my week three ATS slate, I had a five and five week as well. I had wins of Penn State minus three and a half, Minnesota minus 27 and a half, NC State minus 10 and a half, Washington minus two and a half, and Oklahoma minus 13 and a half as an ATS lock. My losses were BYU plus three and a half, Appalachian State minus 11 and a half, Mississippi State minus two and a half. That was an ATS lock, unfortunately. And then FAU plus nine and a half and Miami plus five and a half. Alan, my ATS locks did not go as well as yours did. I went one and one, but on the season, I'm now three and three, hitting at 50%. And the reason I still feel good about that is, Alan, we've talked about it. These ATS locks, we're trying to give out our best plays. My thinking is as long as we hit 50% or better, it's early, but what we've seen so far is people who are in the ATS pick them through 30 picks so far, three weeks, people who are 15 and 15 are up in the top 10. So if we're handing out ATS locks at a 50% rate or better, to me, that is a success at this point in the season. And that may change as the year goes on if people improve their picks. But right now, I think that's a lot of success handing out to the good people who listen to the blackout. We want to give the people what they need. Like any good parent, uh, we don't want to give them a stone instead of a loaf of bread. And so we're going to give out the good stuff for you. Very much so. My overall ATS record is 14 and 16, hitting at 46 and two thirds percent. Hopefully I can get that mark up. But again, my priorities on the ATS locks, as is Alan's. And so far, both of our percentages on those ATS locks is higher than our overall record. At the end of the day, Alan, it's important that we're handing out our best picks. And if we're resulting with a higher win percentage in our ATS locks than our overall record, that's what the people want to hear. You know, that's right. And by the way, I mean, you can't hold yourself responsible for the fact that Mike Leach and Mississippi State Bulldogs just totally crapped the bed <laughs> on Saturday. You hey. know? Like, I mean, that ain't on you. That was on them. I mean, dear Lord. What a crap show that was. That first half went exactly to script as far as how I wanted that game to go. And yep. then, you know, the thing turned around. I'll give some credit to LSU because Malik Neighbors went off, man. Mississippi State could not defend him. They found the passing attack they needed there. And uh, they got the job done offensively, and their offense was shut down in the second half. But frankly, there are a lot of ways that Mississippi State could have won this game, too. You know, they had that kickoff return late in the second half that went all the way down to the LSU 10-yard line. Of course, it's called back because of a justified, I'm not going to say it's a bad call, there was a hold, but it was completely outside of the play. I mean, the kid returned the ball, and Mississippi State had good field position, and if that holding doesn't happen, then... Mississippi State is set up for a touchdown. You know, they have a short field in front of them, and there's a lot of different things that could have gone down in that game where Mississippi State easily, easily could have come out on top. 100%. The fact that it ended up being as lopsided as it was in the end was essentially a perfect storm for that to happen. So looking back, I was with you on that, and uh, it just one of those days. <laughs> It was one of those days, but Alan, we had one of those days in our ATS locks. That's because with your 2-0 record and my 1-1, one one, this is now the second straight week that you and I have produced an ATS locks record of 3-1. and one. Again, trying to hand people the best picks we can. Think about if people had taken our best picks over the last couple of episodes, people would lock in with 3-1 and one records over the last two weeks. And if those people go and just hit 50% on their other picks, that would set you up for a 6-4 and four week each week over the last two weeks. Cumulatively, 
on the season. Alan and I are seven and five in our ATS locks, but again, that's hitting at over 58%. We hope that that's going to continue to climb or at least stabilize about there. But Alan, we've had good success so far, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do as we proceed deeper into the season. I agree, man. I think we're bringing the good stuff. No doubt about it. The leaders right now in our ATS Pick'em are tied for first. Kevin and Kristen, they are up atop the leaderboard. Technically, Kevin would have the lead if you go according to our weekly tiebreaker with a score prediction from last week's uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma game. But Alan, we have a couple of leaders who are sitting at 17 and 13 on the leaderboard. That is an impressive, impressive start and something that you and I are going to have to keep on fighting through these five and five weeks to navigate to try and find a way to improve our records and get up there to the top of the leaderboard really is. I mean, quite honestly, 17 and 13, three weeks in is really impressive. So kudos to Kevin and Kristen. No doubt. Alan, let's look at the week three confidence slate over on ESPN.com. You took home 43 points on a seven and three week. Your wins were Minnesota at a 10, Oklahoma at a nine, Appalachian State at an eight, NC State at a seven, UCF at a five as a confidence value pick, Penn State at a three, and Washington at a one. The losses were Mississippi State at a six, Miami at a four, and BYU at a two as another confidence value pick. So, Alan, your seven and three record brings you to 21 and nine, 70% on the season. You've got 123 points. And we're going to go ahead and look at your percentile ranking. Right now, you're sitting at 81.4 on the leaderboard. Pretty solid, but you're in a tie for 23rd overall, 14 points off the lead. What's your uh, takeaway from the confidence slate this past Saturday? Two big takeaways. First, oh my gosh, I freaking hate Texas A&M. I had the Aggies picked leading up, and then like all of the storm keeps coming out of basically it feels like the culture is just a terrible, terrible thing going on around there. It looks like Jimbo has no control. They're switching quarterbacks. And I'm like, if there's ever an opportunity to switch things up and get a victory here, I picked mine because originally I had A&M at a five Mm. and all of this started coming out. And I'm like, Oh no, you know, this was happening during the middle of the day. And so I switched to Miami and moved them down a little bit. And I've weeded out that originally I had UCF at a four and bumped them up. And I'll talk about that one momentarily, but that was a game that was just ugly. I think I'm more frustrated that Miami was incapable with Van Dyke being somebody that's supposed to be like a first round pick at quarterback or a second day pick the worst. And they just look awful. I mean, totally incapable. But not only that, BYU goes to Oregon and gets shellacked. That game was over in an instant, man. Mm -hmm. And I was way, way, way wrong on that one. But thankfully, a lot of people were also wrong on it. And then going to UCF and Florida Atlantic, um, looking at that game, that was a 16-14 game at halftime. It was close. It was shaping up to be what I was thinking it was going to be. And credit to UCF, they separated and finished, obviously, with a 26-point victory. I was wrong about that one. I, obviously, I told you, like, I'm going to move them down a little bit. I think UCF wins, and I wasn't planning on switching that, but goodness gracious. At halftime, I was like, I nailed it. And then second half, I'm like, sheesh. <laughs> I, really, I really messed that one up. No doubt. I do have one question about your pick. So when we look at the ESPN.com pick them, you had Miami at a four. 
That's on the confidence pick them. But then over on the ATS side, you had Texas A&M minus the five and a half. So was that a little protection on either side? What, what was your thinking? It was. You picked both I, sides? I, I was totally hedging my bets. Okay. <laughs> I absolutely was hedging my bets on that one. Okay. And so I'm like, I need one of these to go right. And so out of the ones that I'm like, okay, I can afford a little bit of wiggle room here. I used it on the against the spread side. Yeah, very interesting. I like it. I mean, sometimes we got to throw those things out there and uh, see what sticks. And uh, hopefully it benefits you on one end when it doesn't on the other, but it certainly worked for you in that realm. It certainly would have been bad if Miami had lost this thing by a field goal. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And you end up losing both bets. Just getting middled on that, and that would really suck. (laughs) Yes, it would have. At least you picked up the ATS win with the Aggies minus the five and a half. Alan, for my confidence slate, I went eight and two and picked up 49 points this week. I loved the point total I landed with. It could have been a little bit better, but my wins were Minnesota at a 10, Oklahoma at a nine, Appalachian State at an eight, NC State at a seven, Penn State at a six as a confidence value play. UCF at a four, Washington at a three, and Texas A&M at a two. The losses were Mississippi State at a five as a confidence value pick and BYU at a one. So, Alan, my confidence value picks, we kind of talked about it already with Mississippi State. I'm still kind of okay with where I put that game with the Bulldogs, but they did have their offense kind of shut down in the second half, so I don't really know how to feel about that one, but I don't feel horrible about my pick with Mississippi State and I ended up sliding Penn State up a little bit higher on my board simply looking at UCF as I dove in deeper and deeper last week I kind of just sided with you with UCF with doubts about them like you said first half kind of looked right then it fell apart in the second half and my goodness Appalachian State really cashing some points with that Hail Mary at the end that's one that you really feel like you get away with but there are a lot of people who were on Appalachian State especially after their win against Texas A&M the week before so you know there would have been a lot of people who paid a heavy price for that one but certainly a nice way to finish out a week getting that win off of a miraculous play like that seriously though (laughs) how about app state having like the best two weeks possible for their university they've gotten more airtime because of everything that's happened the past couple weeks than they have since 2007 they've had the wildest start to the season you could imagine winning at texas a&m they had that wild shootout even though they came on the losing end but scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter against north carolina coming out in the loss and then certainly a Hail Mary to come away with a win this past week. It's been remarkable to watch the Mountaineers and what they've done. Yeah, it really has. Chase Bryce with his 17th year in college (laughs) and his fourth school. I think it's just his third school, but he's been really impressive. No doubt. Alan, my record at 8-2 and two this past week takes me to 22-8 and eight on the season, just over 73% hitting on my confidence picks. I have 132 points. That stands out as the 95th percentile in fourth place overall in our group. I'm only five points back, Alan, so this week doesn't feel like it could have gone a whole lot better for me. Honestly, if I'm kind of critiquing where I would like everything to lay out, I kind of wish that maybe I dropped Mississippi State one more point than I did and put them at a four, bumping UCF up to a five. That would have netted me 50 points on the week, but really I can't critique a whole lot more than that when I went eight and two, and I really like the rationale I had with about every single pick. Yeah, you had a really good week. It's hard to nitpick. 
You stack a couple of those together and you can go climbing up the leaderboard really fast because Alan, in both of these pickums, we are still really, really early in these things, right? Three weeks in just isn't a big enough sample size to really know where you stand. Sure, I'm looking good at the top of the leaderboard, but that can change really quickly. And for you, you may be a little bit further back in the confidence and the ATS, but like we've talked about, one good week or two good weeks can really change that very quickly. And it's not until weeks five, six, and seven that you're really going to get a really good feel for where you stand in these pick'em slates. That's exactly right. Any at this point, anything fifteen and under, you feel pretty good about. You know, that my goal in the next four weeks is now that we've got a better idea of who these teams are, start making some moves back up the board. Back up the board to chase after our leaders in a confidence pick them. We have a tie atop the leaderboard as well. That's between Alex and Michael. They both have 137 points. They've had a really, really solid three weeks to get to where they are. And Alan, it just means that there's all that much work for the rest of us to catch up as we go. Just means more. All right, Alan, as we dive into the pick pod portion of our episode this week, we have to look at our overall records combined between the ATS and the confidence pick them to figure out who goes first. Alan, you went 12 and eight in your picks a week ago. I went 13 and seven. So as we dive into the ATS locks over on CBS sports, I'll start us off this week, my friend. Best of luck to you. I, I bend the knee. <laughs> All right, let's do this. We're going to jump into the ATS Pick'em over on CBS Sports. And Alan, I am headed to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where we've got the Clemson Tigers on the road at the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Now, Alan, I'm going to lean on some history as we look at this matchup because, hey, there's a lot of questions and a lot of doubts about what the Clemson Tigers are fielding on the football field at this point in time. And I cannot blame anyone because this Clemson offense is not the offense that we've seen of four and five years ago, even three and four years ago of winning national championships and setting scoreboards on fire and having Heisman candidates at quarterback because DJ Uyunglele has not been the guy that everybody expected him to be as QB1 for Clemson. But, Alan, I do want to look at history and what we've seen from Clemson compared to last year to this year. And I think there are some improvements for DJU in particular. He is completing just under 65% of his passes this year. Compare that to last year where he was completing about 55% of his passes. Now this year, he's completing his passes for 7.5 yards per attempt versus only six yards per attempt a year ago. And this year, he has five touchdowns to one interception versus nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions a year ago. Also running the ball, he's been decent, 4.3 yards per carry versus 2.9 a year ago. You extend that, though, to the rest of the backfield with Will Shipley, who's been really good this year, 7.8 yards a carry versus 5 a year ago, 6 touchdowns already in 3 games versus the 11 he had all of last season. Allen, I think this Clemson offense, though it is difficult to watch and though it has had struggles, I think is performing at a better clip than it did a year ago. You even talk about some of the receivers. Bo Collins is averaging 17 and a half yards per reception about. Antonio Williams is just under 15 yards a reception. Joseph Ngata is averaging 15 yards a reception. So, Alan, I'm looking at this Clemson team that really, really struggled offensively a year ago, and it's not drastically better this year, but it has improved. And this Clemson team a year ago beat Wake Forest 48-27. to This is one, if I remember correctly, that you and I both jumped on Wake Forest a year ago, but we were way wrong on that one. 
And Allen, this Wake Forest team is just coming off a week where they barely survived 37-36 to against Liberty. They were outgained by about 80 yards in that game, despite the fact that Liberty went minus two in the turnover margin, missed two field goals, and failed a two-point conversion that could have won the game late. So really, you look at it, I think Liberty really outperformed Wake Forest in a lot of that game. And when you talk about what Clemson has done against this Wake Forest team in the past, their past two victories over the Demon Deacons have been 37-13 to and 48-27. to Alan, we've talked about Sam Hartman and how important he is to Wake Forest. He's got awesome receivers in A.T. Perry, Donovan Green, and Taylor Morin. But this rushing attack, I think, is a concern for Wake Forest. They've only averaged 3.6 yards per carry on the season. And against Liberty, it was even worse. They had 26 carries for 21 yards, less than a yard per carry. And and when Clemson has brought their talented defensive line against Wake Forest – They have been able to shut down the running game. They've been able to get sacks on Sam Hartman. And Clemson's expecting a lot of guys back this week. They have Tyler Davis coming back for an injury and a really, really sad case. They have Brian Brzee coming back, who's expected to play this week after attending his sister's funeral just a week ago and missing last weekend's game. Xavier Thomas is not expected back as a defensive end, but there's still so much talent on that defensive line with Miles Murphy and C.J. Henry. A couple of really, really important pieces for Clemson are coming back, and I think that's huge for this Clemson team. I expect them to get a lot of stops in the backfield. I expect them to put pressure on Sam Hartman, and because Clemson has struggled so much on the offensive side of the ball, we see a pretty low line. Over on CBS Sports, we've got Clemson minus 7.5 on the road, but Allen, they've averaged beating Wake Forest by over 20 points the last couple of years, which I think are the most pertinent to what we're talking about. So I'm going to lock it up. Give me the Clemson Tigers minus 7.5 on the road at Wake Forest. Brother, my friend, we have our first edition lock party (laughs) yes it is a lock freaking party i am with you i've got clemson covering the seven and a half point spread on the road at wake forest as well for all the same reasons you do i think dju has definitely improved they're not the juggernaut they were they don't have a generational qb they don't have a generational running back but they do have a dang good defense and a dang good defensive line a lot of stuff with Dave Clawson's offense is very, very unique. They have an extremely long mesh point that Clemson's defensive line just eats up. I think that's one of the main reasons it doesn't work against a team like this. So because of that, I'm with you. So we're going to lock it up together and we'll take it to the bank. I love it. It is a lock party. That's what Alan and I are going to call when we're on the same side of an ATS lock. We're going to hope that we've already talked about some of our winning percentages have been ticking up in these ATS locks. When it's a lock party, hopefully we're both on that 1-0 side because it would hurt an awful lot to go 0-2, you know, both of us being on the same side in this one. But I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good about this one too, but you're right. It would knock those percentages down pretty quickly if we did (laughs) fail on that one, man. (laughs) Well, let's hope this party rides hard into the weekend with the Clemson Tigers covering the spread and winning by a couple of scores. But Alan, it feels like it makes an awful lot of sense. It feels like, honestly, to me, that this Clemson team is performing better than it did a year ago, even though it's still hard to watch. I just think that they have a chance to really perform well against this porous Wake Forest defense. 
Yeah, I agree. I think for the most part, they're going to be able to do what they want to do. Their offensive line is better this year. And overall, they'll be able to handle. I mean, if they could score 48 last year when they were just horrendous, I think Will Shipley and company will do just fine. Yeah, I think so too. The only other question that I really have with this game, and I'll extend it now into a confidence value pick, because guess what, Alan? I'm staying on the exact same game. The only other thing that I'll throw in there is that Wake Forest with this passing attack probably is going to hit some big plays in this game. They're known to do that regularly, but the added value that they may find in the passing game is Clemson's really banged up in its secondary right now. I don't really know if it's been reported yet whether some of their starters are going to be missing this game. Some guys got banged up in the game against Louisiana Tech. Some guys have been out for a little while. But if Clemson gets those guys back, they're probably going to be okay. If not, Wake Forest might hit on some big plays and might have some good scoring drives. But at the end of the day, I just think this Clemson defense is going to get enough stops to get the win. You mentioned that long mesh point that Wake Forest runs. If people haven't seen it, if they don't know what we're talking about, you're talking about kind of these zone read plays they give or these run pass options. Because a lot of times it does fade into a run pass option where mm-hmm. they, they go to give the ball to the running back, but they'll hold it for a full second, a second and a half. Sometimes it feels like it may approach two seconds where they are reading every aspect of the defense. They're looking for that offensive line to hold up and give them time to make a play to either pull and throw, pull and run, or hand off to the running back. But it takes so long to get the ball out. And Clemson's athletes on the defensive line have been so talented and so good they've just overwhelmed this Wake Forest offensive line at times and uh, it's really paid dividends for Clemson coming up with conference divisional wins inside the ACC against a pretty good but not great Wake Forest team so Alan I'm going to extend it to the confidence value pick over on the confidence pick on ESPN.com this week if you look at the active line that we have we have Clemson minus seven points When you look at the overall spreads on the board, if you were to go according to the spread only, you would put the Clemson Tigers at a 7. But, Alan, I'm going to boost that up this week. I'm taking Clemson at a 9 as we go into week 4. Oh, that makes me feel good. I very much like that. For all the reasons that you and I both talked about, I think this Clemson team ought to be the clear favorite in the ACC this year even at Wake Forest, which is not an intimidating place. This Clemson team and these players have been in far more intimidating places. So I don't anticipate that being a big deal going on the road at Wake Forest. I think we're going to need some people that we're going to count on up at the top of our board this week. And this one feels like a potential win moving it up the board. Yeah, it's not as comfortable as it has been in years past. You and I have talked about this an awful lot where you lay a lot of points almost automatically every week whenever an Alabama or an Ohio State or a Georgia, or a Clemson appears in the pick These days, yep. there's not as much sure money or points that you can put on the Clemson Tigers, but this is an opportunity where I do think you lean on history and see what Clemson's done against Wake Forest. I don't think you should be scared off by this seven, seven-and-a-half-point spread we've been looking at. No, I, I completely agree. All right, Alan, where are you going for your confidence value pick here on the Pick'em Pod for Week 4? Let's go down to AT&T Stadium and Arlington, Texas, for the neutral site matchup between Texas A&M and Arkansas, which I think is a fascinating matchup. And not only do I think it's a fascinating matchup, I think it's a highly fascinating betting line. So A&M right now is a two-point favorite, which would put them at a two-confidence level on your board. In my humble opinion, this feels like a 
massive overreaction to last week's A&M win against Miami and a massive overreaction with Arkansas struggling against Missouri State. If this were at A&M, I might feel a little bit differently, but this is a neutral site game. I'm actually flipping it. I've got Arkansas at either a three or a four this week. I think KJ Jefferson and company can run the ball. They'll be able to effectively take care of business against a stingy A&M defense. Their defense has not been the problem all year long. It has been their offense, but I think this Arkansas defense will be back to its form that it was against Cincinnati and against South Carolina. I like for the Hogs to call this week in a win against a big rival in A&M and a big SEC West showdown is where they get started in SEC play. Very fascinating points, very fascinating pick. And all I can say, Alan, is that my lips are sealed because I am going to take my thoughts over into our bonus pick and pod. That's right, because we've got a bonus pick and pod coming up for our subscribers over on Patreon. I am refraining from commenting on this game because it's on my pick'em slate as well. I'm going to be talking about it, but I am going to share what I think about the matchup between the Hogs and the Aggies over on the bonus pick'em pod. And if you are interested in hearing those thoughts, you can get with us by subscribing on Patreon at a walk-on tier or higher. That comes at a cost of just $2.50 or more per month. And when you put that money into the podcast, you're going to see that money shoveled back into the pot for our prizes next year amongst all our contests. And Alan, over there, we're also going to give away some ATS locks. And mind you, like we've talked about already, over the last two weeks, you and I have gone three and one against the spread in our ATS locks in both weeks. That's six and two overall. And if you look at just following those picks, again, it's early. Small sample size, but I think we're doing some good things over there. So I think we could have some exciting things coming on the other side of our split here, heading on over to a bonus pick and pod coming up next. Yes, sir. See you on the other side. And listen, I think it's worth that money to hear what you got to say about the A&M game. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I'm looking forward to it on the other side. I love it. Alan, thank you for your time. And uh, if people don't tune into that coming episode, that's okay because we'll be back for another episode coming up next week. But honestly, when we're on the same side on some of these things too, we honestly have a very trimmed board down. So we didn't give away a whole lot of information here on this podcast, which means we're saving some value for those people who buy into the contest and uh, buy into the bonus pick and pod that we'll have on the other side. Mm, let's go. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.